welcome to Chasing Barefoot Ultra. I'm your average runner, chasing some big distances and learning a lot along the way. Welcome back to Chasing Barefoot Ultra, where we talk all things running, mindset, and really tuning into your body. This week, I wanted to talk about a bit of a reflection as we near the end of 2021 and, you know, where running has gone, what I've learned and what I kind of hope to take into 2022. Before I dive right into that, I thought I'd give a quick update. I had a run this morning after I took a bit of a break. I took last week mostly off. It wasn't uh, intentional necessarily, but you know, the last week before Christmas break, things were a little bit intense. So I decided to cut myself some slack and just took the time off. I went out today. I was definitely getting that urge or the need to get back out and just to run. So it was like minus 15 when I left, but there was a wind which brought it down to about a minus 22 Celsius. I think I underestimated just how cold that was and I didn't layer properly. So for part of the run, I it was actually feeling really good. I was feeling um, pretty toasty and warm. And the funny thing was is the extremities that usually get cold first, like, you know, your hands, your feet, they were actually feeling good. They were warm. My hands were actually on the verge of being hot. But the kind of strange thing was, and it's never happened before, is my stomach started to get really cold to the point that it was kind of tingling and starting to go beyond that numb feeling. Um, I was a little bit concerned about that. And I thought, well, I'll just keep going and see kind of how it pans out. Uh, As I kept going, it started to get a little bit worse. I was having, you know, the new tradition is talking to my mom on the long runs. And I was mentioning this and I figured I was probably... 20 minutes from home at that point, which is not that far, but at those temperatures, um, and when that's happening, it can feel a little bit farther. Kept going, kind of wanted to see how things would feel after a while, put in a little bit of good tempo, but it's just kept getting that more intense cold. So I ended up hanging up the phone, calling my husband, and getting a ride back in. Uh, I really don't like doing that. I hate to cut a run short, but in this case, it was just mismanaged layers. Really, all I needed to do was really add in a vest or having worn um, the Arc'teryx kind of full mid layer where I went with like a wool and that carry trough mid layer, which has the more insulation on the upper arm and along the chest, but the kind of stomach and back is allowed to breathe a bit more. So I think that's kind of what did me in on this one. On the bright side though, um, even at those temperatures, my feet felt really good. I didn't have the shoes taped over at all. Even with the snow kicking up, going down the trails, my feet stayed warm. And that was the part that I thought 
what caused me the most trouble at the temperatures that I was out in. And being that's not the case, that it was just kind of my midsection, that's a really easy fix. So I'm feeling good about that, even though I did have to cut this particular run a little bit short. Um, I still feel like I got a solid run in though. And it felt really good to be back out, even if it didn't end the way I necessarily wanted it to. It was just nice to be out there, to be running, and to have it really feeling that good. And that kind of brings me to what I really wanted to touch on. And that is kind of a reflection looking back over what I've learned in 21 and what I want to really take forward into next year. The biggest thing I think was not putting too much pressure on myself or really getting too into my head about aspects of running. I need to remember, you know, why I'm out there. And I've said that probably every single podcast I've put out, but the remembering why, remembering your reason for being out there is so important. And it's also so easy to get caught up in what other people are doing, what their goals are, what their running looks like, and starting to feel like yours need to mimic that or look more like that or your goals need to shift or change because look at what everyone else is doing. And I think that's really the biggest takeaway I have from this last year is when you start to try and, you know, shoehorn yourself into other people's running journeys. It just tends to self-destruct and there was a lot of other aspects that came into play over the last year and why things didn't necessarily go according to plan but that's really one of the big ones too is it was taking these run goals that I knew weren't necessarily ideal for me and trying to force myself into them to force it into working So with the virtual race across Tennessee, I knew that wasn't ideal for me. And I knew that it was probably going to backfire on me, but I decided to go for it anyway. And in doing so, and in feeling like I was always behind and always trying to play that catch up game, it just, it always works against me. And it is absolutely unmotivating for me. I never really felt like I got into that groove this year where I did the year before where things just kind of fell into place. Everything was feeling really good and, you know, getting out and doing these long runs even during the week. It was just, it all seemed to flow. It all seemed to just fit. Whereas this last year, I never really hit that same stride. And that's kind of frustrating it's disappointing you start to really doubt yourself and question what you're doing when that happens it's questioning did that other year really happen did it really go that way or am I just kind of misremembering and honestly that's where I find you know having that running journal so important because I can look back over that year and see that no I really did hit a good groove. It doesn't mean there weren't struggles. Of course there were. There were days that didn't go well. 
There was times I was fighting to get myself out the door. But in the big picture, I did hit that groove and I did have those feelings where I just settled in. Overall, I really did just settle in and find that nice groove with the days I wanted to run, the distances I wanted to run, and just kept pushing myself further and further and further. And everything just really worked. Whereas this last year, I started with these big goals and I started with these big ideas and everything started to feel like it was just really working against me. And nothing was working against me. It's not how running really works. I was working against myself. I was working in a way that wasn't the most effective for me and in a way that I knew wasn't the most effective for me. I really needed to just take that step back and remember why I was out there, remember what worked, and to keep pushing in that way rather than taking what everyone else was doing and being like, yeah, I need to fit that. I need to do what they're doing. And if I can do that, then maybe at that point, I'll find that groove again, or I'll get into that feeling that I had the year before. And it's really just not how it works. I think the biggest thing I've learned over this year is that regardless of where you've been in the past with running or really where you want to go, running is really a present thing. And it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a really good kind of training block where everything's feeling great, you can still have that run in the middle that doesn't feel as good. But you're always learning. You're always growing as a runner, figuring out what works for you, finding your weak points, and working to make them stronger. And like the end of this year with for the last probably a couple months, I've really been trying to be more consistent with adding in strength training. And that's one thing, you know, this last year, even the year before, I really didn't add it in and not in a consistent way. My place was running. That's where I felt the best. That's what I wanted to devote my time to. After I did, you know, my longer runs, the marathon and the 50, not this last year, but the year before, there were definitely weak spots that I had and the like very literal weak spots. The biggest was the top part of my leg and I didn't really know how to strengthen that outside of, you know, just running more. This last year, that spot still popped up and it was still a problem. And it was most noticeable when I was running that 50K, you know, well undertrained. So I've decided that if I want to keep going and keep really hitting these goals, I need to incorporate some strength training. But it doesn't need to be a lot. And that's what I've really learned through, you know, talking to other runners, talking to more experienced runners, and even elite runners, is you don't need to put in hours upon hours in the gym, lifting super heavy weights or doing, you know, anything too crazy, but you need to be consistent. 
and you need to find what you can consistently do. So for me, what it's been up to this point is about 30 minutes, four times a week, I do strength training. Partial or part of it is body weight training, part of it is with weights. And it's fairly simple. The moves that I incorporate are taken off of Sally McRae's strength training and running app, where she shows different moves that really work to build up those muscles and especially the ones that you need for running. Several of them definitely directly address the biggest weakness that I had, and that was in the top part of my leg. And I can feel that as I go out. I've been doing it consistently for a while now, and I feel it on my longer runs. I don't have that same tired feeling in that spot. I've also been really working to build up the core strength and arm strength, which you don't think you really need, especially the arm strength, you know, core. Yeah, you know, you need a certain amount if you're going to be running for a while, just for stability. But I never really understood the amount that you needed or what the issues would be if you didn't have quite enough. So when I very first kind of started running, I had definite lower back pain. And I knew that was a core strength issue. So I had tried to work on it, not super consistently, but tried to build that up a little bit more. As I've added this in, I've definitely noticed that going down. And that's adding it in on a very consistent basis. Aside from this last week, I hadn't missed a time. I had, you know, probably a few months where it was consistently, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that I was doing strength. And the biggest part for me in making that sustainable was to keep it short, to have everything I needed, you know, within reach in my office, which, you know, also functions as my workout room and have it manageable. So usually it would be 7.30, 8 o'clock at night that I would come up do my weight training, and then I would call it a night. If I had, you know, an hour that I was trying to do, or if I needed to leave and go to the gym to do that, I, I wouldn't be doing it, at least not nearly as consistently as I am now. So if I ended up making it twice a week to the gym for an hour, I really don't think that would be as beneficial for me as it is doing half an hour, four days a week. It's just that repetition and falling into that routine. I had thought about, you know, increasing that kind of weight training or cross training to, you know, five or six days a week and having one full rest day a week from running and weights. As I got into it though, I found that really, once I push past that four days, it just starts to feel like it's too much. And it's not that I'm getting tired or anything like that, but it starts to feel monotonous. And then I start to lose interest in that. Like I need a solid break from it as well. So I have 
those four consistent days, four days in a row, and then I take three days off from their weight training. And that has worked really well. It would probably be more beneficial for me, I guess, in the long run to not have those full three days off the weight training. But for me, for being consistent, it's just what works. And to me, I think that's more important than adding in another day. It's if I can do it regularly, then it's going to work better. I also kind of fell out of the habit this last year of journaling my runs. And it's something that I really knew I wanted to do. There was just something that stopped me from really doing it. And I don't know if it was because I was, you know, struggling a little bit to get into the groove with running. And so I just didn't feel as good going to the journal and writing about that. Or if it was something external from running altogether that was preventing me from going there. But that's something that I really have been making an effort to get back to. I've gone back and, you know, written a journal entry for past runs. But of course, you don't get the same detail or the same feeling when you're not writing it the day of. So the little details that made that run get lost over time. You just kind of forget about them. And that's one thing that I really need to change going forward. And I'm making an effort to change now. The best way I've found to really do this is as I'm preparing all my running stuff the night before, that includes grabbing my journal, having the pen tucked in it, and setting it out. So when I get back from my run, it's right there. It triggers my memory that, yes, I need to write about this. Take 5-10 minutes, if that, and write about the run. Because when you have those days that maybe you're not feeling as good, or you're struggling to find the motivation or dedication to get out, having that journal to look back through is really beneficial. And it's just a matter of seeing what patterns have worked, what distances are working well, or just what fuel is working good. It can be the most basic things. But having that journal there to look back on, and even if you aren't struggling, I often will find myself just randomly picking it up and flipping back through and reading about these different runs, you know, these 4K runs that I went on and struggled with in the beginning and seeing that, yeah, maybe it was tough for me to get out today and this run in the cold didn't end the way I wanted to. But look at the distance I did. Look at the time that I did it in and look at where I started. I really think my big takeaways is to keep journaling because it's a really good reminder of the lessons that we learn along the way. But to always remember that running is truly a journey. And from one year to the next, things will change. Just because something worked one year doesn't mean it's going to work the next year. We keep all of that in mind. We work it into our plans But we do need to stay flexible in what we're doing. We need to really 
listen to ourselves and to what's working. I had said probably not that many episodes ago that Mondays were not my running day. They just did not work. And it wasn't long after saying that that I started to find that, hey, you know what? Mondays really work for me right now. And the biggest change in that is because Sundays started to become dedicated to going out cross-country skiing. There's a group of us that goes just about every Sunday. So I was no longer getting my Sunday long run in, which was fine. I love to be out skiing. I love to get together with those friends and just be out there. But I wasn't fitting in that run. And I couldn't go into my week feeling like I was behind or I had missed that or I needed to make that up. So I switched my schedule to then look at running Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which didn't work for me not that long ago. But getting into that routine is working right now. Having that Monday to start my week where I get up and I'm excited to go for a run is a good way for me to start the week right now, especially when things are feeling stressful with work. To have that be the start is really working. To have Fridays being my long run where I phone and have a chat while I'm out running has really worked well for me. I love those days. It just feels relaxing. I still hit some of my best paces because I'm not thinking about what I'm doing, where I am. I'm just out. I'm enjoying it and I'm having a conversation. And it's not a forced conversation. It's to the point where I might not say anything for a little while. I might be on an icy patch and the line might go quiet and that's completely okay. That's what makes it so enjoyable, I think, is there's that comfort level where it's just chatter, catching up, and there's that, I guess, level of familiarity there where if things go quiet, nobody is concerned about it. And I really want to keep that in particular going. But having that Monday, Wednesday, Friday being my main running days, if I get an extra one on the weekend, it's a bonus for me. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday being my weights or cross training. And that's something else that I've adjusted recently is Sundays are not always for weight training. If I go out for a ski, I don't always feel like doing weights later. So Sunday is a bit of a flex day. If I don't ski, I'll do weights. If I ski, I may or may not do weights. It's about keeping that schedule flexible and allowing it to work with you and to work with other things that are going on in your life. You don't have to be so regimented in your running schedule that everything needs to work around it, especially if there's other things that you want to be doing. For me, those Sunday skis are something I really look forward to. So it just makes sense for me to nudge my schedule around to make it all work. Because otherwise, 
I know that Sunday long run will probably get bumped and then I'll feel like I've missed it and I need to make up for it the rest of the week. And it just won't happen because you don't have that same time during the week as you do on that Sunday. So I guess it's about making sure your running is fitting in with everything you want to do. Take stock of what's important. Remember to keep the journal, to write it out. Even on the days that don't feel so good, it's important to just take a few minutes and write about it. Write what worked, write what didn't work. It works great to look back on and to read through it. The bottom line is you're doing all of this because you want to be, because you enjoy doing it. So don't make it into a chore or into a job. Keep it something that's pleasurable and enjoyable. And if you need to bend your schedule, change your distances, or change your goals, that's okay. There's something about this time of year that everyone starts to really reflect and think about goals for next year. And that's you know, definitely true for me too. Whereas I do not set New Year's resolutions, but I do think about where I've been in the last year and kind of where I want things to go going forward. I still have the same distance and time goals that I set a little while ago, but I think the biggest thing that I'm looking at and I want to move forward with is keeping up on journaling, write about my runs at the end so I can look back and see the details and find that groove again. Find that feeling that I had a couple of years ago where things just really settled in and felt really good. I want to get back to that. And if that means taking some of my distance and time goals off for next year, then that's what it means. The more important thing for me, really, is that I can get out and enjoy running. Because the training runs, those are the ones that you're doing constantly. When you go out and do your big run or your race, honestly, that's just a victory lap. So not everything should revolve around that. You really need to enjoy the journey getting there because that's more than 90% of your time. So that is all I have for today. Thanks for tuning in again. If you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would share it with a friend or leave a review. Happy running. Thanks for tuning in to Chasing Barefoot Ultra. If you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would share it with a friend. If you want to find me on Instagram, you can find me at Chasing Barefoot Ultra.